Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I do appreciate it. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com and on Twitter at Pete Calendar, where things got a little bit rowdy over the last 24 hours. Uh, my good friend Ray, Governor Cooper, uh, he opted to wait until after I got off the air before he uh, made his uh, emergency declaration. Uh, and we just need a couple more weeks to to slow the spread. So if we could all just uh, stay home, safer at home. It's another SHEO, S-H-E-O. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, oh, it's not like a legit. It wasn't. Oh, it's not a real emergency declaration. So he doesn't have another ED. That's good. I mean, that's good. No ED for Governor Cooper. He just calls it a state of emergency and uses the taxpayer-funded website in order to promote what looks like a state of emergency, but it is a state of emergency that he declared yesterday at his six-minute press conference, although not really a press conference. It was just him reading off of a teleprompter. And the language, this is one of the disconnects that is, uh, to me, it's always, it it creates this... uh, well, the disconnect cause uh, it causes I don't know frustration in me when I watch him, like this this dissonance inside my brain because he's delivering hot rhetoric, yet his delivery is almost catatonic. You know, it's just the the vibe doesn't match the language, almost as if he's reading words that somebody else wrote for him, and he doesn't know how to, you know, give it the same kind of punch. And then, of course, there are the times where he actually does try to give it the punch, and it just sounds silly. It sounds like he's making a joke because he has this sort of sing-songy delivery type that's like, I don't really think it's as serious, but the words are really serious. He's, he's cartoonish to me. And obviously, I am in the minority. I totally recognize that. People love him in North Carolina. They voted him back into office, right? So, uh, yeah, he comes on. He makes this six-minute speech declaring us to be in a state of emergency in North Carolina. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. I have breaking news here. All right. Breaking news. My favorite uh, flavor of coffee pod... Uh, it was not, is a Cafe Bustello. It was empty. And so I, I'm having to drink a different kind of coffee for the show today. This is my own state of emergency. All right, thank you. Thank you for your uh, thoughts and prayers in this difficult time. So why does the governor declare this state of emergency yesterday? Well, it's because he's impotent. It's got nothing to do with the ED. It has to the executive declaration or the emergency declaration it has nothing to do with that it's nothing to do with the ed but uh it has everything to do with the large enormous size of the gop 
supermajorities. All right, they're they're very very big um, enough so they can override his vetoes, and this is what has him concerned, particularly when you've got Democrats that have signaled support for the opportunity scholarships for the school vouchers. But is that really what's going on with this ED, with this executive or the uh, emergency declaration, this state of emergency? Don't call it a state of emergency. It's like it's like a it's a it's a so it's it's a state of emergency, but not really. So it's it's just it's just a political statement that identifies as an emergency declaration. So it's a it's a it's a transency, tran transurgency declaration. I don't know. Yeah. So it's a yeah. It's it's not. It just identifies as one. And so he is worried about the school vouchers getting rammed through over his veto. Again, impotence, ED, blah, blah, blah. So this is him whipping up the crowd. This is what he did with the abortion bill, too. Right? He's going out and and making his case to the public. And look, I'm talking about it. Uh Vince talked about it. The morning show talked about it. Everybody's talking about it. It's all over the newspapers, media, social media. Ever, I mean, it's just been, I mean, the, the, the poop squall that erupted after this yesterday has been massive on social media. So he knows what he's doing. People think that because he delivers his speeches so terribly uh, that, uh, you know, like as I mentioned with the sing-songy and the dissonance and the disconnect and all that, but people forget that... Like, he is a very manipulative and calculating, seasoned politician. You don't get to be where he is and not learn a thing or two about how to stoke fear, how to raise money, how to engage in in rhetoric and motivate your base, right? You don't get to where he is if you do. All right, hang on. Yes, uh, it's this is related. It's another state of emergency here at the radio station. This is um, uh, related to the missing uh, pod. We ran out of the Cafe Bustello uh, pods, but um, but more importantly, I took my travel mug home yesterday, washed it, and I forgot to bring it back. So I'm dealing with my own state of emergency here at the uh, station. I'm drinking out of a styrofoam cup, which that obviously prompts... Another, right, state of emergency here, obviously, killing Gaia Earth with the styrofoam. So, you know, why, by the way, why no state of the emergency for for Gaia Earth from my good friend Ray? What's up with that? Why doesn't Mother Nature warrant a state of emergency? Is she not good enough for you? What? Oh, how about this? How about a state of emergency? Here's another one. I got a state of emergency. For how about for one third of the third graders at grade level? How about that? That seems like that seems to be a problem, don't you think? Like half of uh, more than half, I think, of all uh, minority kids not at grade level in reading and math. No state of emergency there. No, that that doesn't warrant a state of emergency. No, no, no. It's the it's the ability of parents to get their kids out of those schools that are failing them. By the way, at 1 o'clock, we're going to talk to Marcus Brandon. We're going to have him back on the program. Marcus Brandon is a former state lawmaker, and he's been a big proponent. He's a Democrat. He's, a, he's been a big proponent of uh, school choice. 
for years and years and years. And uh, it got him sideways with his Democrat Party. And they don't, because they don't suffer, you know, defectors on this issue. Why? Money. Money. The teachers union, don't call it a union, the North Carolina Association of Educators, the teachers union in this state, donate a lot of time and manpower, or woman power, if you will, to um, to the Democrat Party electoral prospects, to their campaigns, right? They, they staffed the Moral Monday marches a decade ago. I mean, until... Until they got a whole bunch of pay raises, and then you know a lot of the teachers that were wearing red for Ed, they kind of you know melted away because they got their pay raises. And you know the the thing about all of this, they don't even have a budget yet. They don't even have a budget. They don't even know what the numbers are. There, Roy Cooper got out there yesterday, and in his six minute state of emergency declaration, he. He commented on the Senate plan, but not the House plan, because the Senate plan squeezes the balloon in a different spot, which is on the pay raises. The House plan gives higher pay raises for teachers. So Cooper goes after the Senate plan. But they don't even have one hammered out. They still have to go to conference committee and work out the, uh, the details of the, uh, of the education funding along with the rest of the state budget. But this is what he this is what he decides to do. This is wait, hang on. Okay, we have another state of emergency. This one is not uh, radio station related, but um, I went to Harris Teeter and at the uh, the the shopping cart corral, there was one line where all of the big carts were stacked. You know, like people had pushed them all in nice and tidy. Then there was the other one with like the single the bachelor uh, carts. You know, the little ones. They got the two levels, right? like a townhome carts right and they were all in a different stack and this woman came up and she put the big one up against the little stack like i would just prefer you leave it in the parking lot to roll into somebody's car that's just like that's willful you walk into the corral and you see the big carts all racked up together nice and tidy and the little ones all racked up nice and tidy and you're you think to yourself i'll just put this big one and block the small ones state of emergency That's what I'm saying. It's happening all over the place, people. All right. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? When you ask how much do you give, all they say is more. That's the issue. They cannot leave you alone. They are morally compelled to fix you. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is at the heart of the entire debate. And you come across different permutations in the argument. Sometimes they try to appeal to economics. Sometimes they uh, try to make a racial appeal. But what it always boils down to is you need to just do what I tell you to do. They can't leave you alone. But you want to send your kids to a parochial school? 
You can't do that. Not with my money. Everything's their money. Every cent. Every cent is their money in government, which is amazing to me. First off, there's the old adage that all funds are fungible, right? In other words, the, the money just moves all around. So if it's so outrageous to you that I'm going to take $7,000 and I'm going to use it for a scholarship at a different school, and let's say I'm going to go to, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to send a kid to the school that uh, says you have to be a Christian. You can't be gay because that's what they're all that now they're citing these uh, these religious schools and uh, their uh, admissions requirements. And how dare you be using tax money to send them to a religious school that has an admission policy that says you have to adhere to their biblical interpretations. And my response is very much like their response on the abortion debate, which is. Then don't have one. Don't go. Right. Don't go. If you don't want your kid going to a school where they're going to teach them, right, that like the the dinosaurs uh, were walking around uh, with the 12 apostles or something like if you don't you don't want your kid being exposed to any kind of religious indoctrination. I totally understand that. I I do. I totally understand that. You don't think that your kid would benefit from that. And so what I say to you is don't send your kid there. Find a different school for your kid. But if someone else wants to send their child to that school, they should be allowed to do so. No, they shouldn't. I don't like what that school is teaching. Oh, okay. Have you heard about what's going on in the government schools recently? So what What of the parents that object to the things being taught in those schools? Oh, they have to go through committees and elected representatives and school board meetings and a bureaucracy funded by billions of dollars of taxpayer money. They can't just pull their kid out of the school and send them to a different private school with voucher money. They don't have that luxury, no. Uh-uh. They can't just leave you alone. If you don't want to send your kid to the school, fine. But if somebody else does, let them do it. Right? Because what what we have arrived at is an impasse. You want the schools to transmit certain values to children, and other parents object. So we're at an impasse. Why don't you just let them do what they want, and they would let you do what you want? Can't have it, can we? Right. This is the clarifying issue at the center of the debate. They, or as uh, Eric Erickson would say, you will be made to care. The problem with that is, As Democrats learned in a lot of these school board races over the last two years, parents, when made to care, uh, not really on board with all of the Democrats' plans. We'll take a listen to Governor Cooper's uh, emergency declaration. Pseudo. It's it's identifying. You've heard me talk about them. Old grouches, military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouches is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouches. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, 
I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Um, we're going to take a listen now to uh, my good friend Ray Cooper and his uh, state of emergency that he declared yesterday. But just kidding. Just kidding. Not really. But he didn't say just kidding. And on the website, it totally looks like it's a state of emergency. And for stupid people that don't pay any attention, that just kind of, you know, are all frothy, just waiting to be directed at whatever outrage the, you know, the wheel of outrage lands on as they spin it round and round it goes. The Salem witchification of America, right? And then you're going to go run after the witch. Just point me in the direction. Well, my good friend Ray will do that for you. He wants to whip people up against the Republicans to try to convince them to change their votes on the opportunity scholarships or something. What? Like, I'm not really sure what Ray is doing here, because if you couldn't have won the abortion debate, you couldn't flip a single vote uh, in the House or Senate. You couldn't flip a single one of those four votes that you specifically identified what makes you think you stand a chance on this where actually you've got greater majorities of the voting public that support this position on vouchers? All right. So here's here's Roy Cooper yesterday. Uh, I will be. Yes, I will be stopping it as I go rather than listening to it in its entirety because you can't. I mean, it's like holding your breath. You know, if you do it just straight through, it'll kill you. So you have to do you got to take little you know gulps of air every now and again. It's time to declare a state of emergency for public education in North Carolina. All right, I'm out. That's it. I got to come up for air already. That's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is how he starts it. He, Hi, everyone. And then he immediately launches in. It's time to declare a state of emergency for education. Like that was the first sign right out of the gate that you do. This is just crap. This all just BS with him. If I am a reporter... I am asking him, why did he utilize this same sort of format to advance a political position versus what you do in the wake of hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and such? Because when you issue a state of emergency declaration, when you do that, it actually means things. I know like a lot of the, the details are beyond most people's desire to know anything about. But things like making it easier for truckers to move goods and refuel and like things like like operational things, regulatory burdens that get lifted, things like that occur when you issue a state of emergency, when, when you issue the declaration, which he has not done, nor does he intend to do it. He's using official government language and process in order to make a partisan political plea. That's what this is about. It's time to declare a state of emergency for public education in North Carolina. There's no executive order like with a hurricane or the pandemic, but it's no less important. It's clear is it that the Republican legislature is aiming to choke the life out of public education. See, it's not stochastic terrorism when Democrats do it either. Remember, that's one of the other rules here to always keep in mind that He can talk about Republicans trying to murder kids, right? 
from the party that murders kids and talk about how the Republicans are trying to kill education from the party that locked down all of the school buildings. But right, like he can say all of those things. And if anybody acts on any of that rhetoric, he will not be guilty of stochastic terrorism because it's different when Democrats do it. That's the key. I'm declaring this state of emergency because you need to know what's happening. If you care about public schools in North Carolina, it's time to take immediate action and tell them to stop the damage that will set back our schools for a generation. Um, Would that be worse damage than the COVID closures? Because that set us back a generation. Not sure you're aware of that. Yeah, that hurt them. That hurt the kids pretty badly. Or is it just sort of like the, the general failure of years and years and years of failing to educate kids to grade level. Is it that kind of failure? That kind of generational failure? What? So you're saying that you're saying this is even worse. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You know why? Because you say other things, you make other predictions that I, uh, that I don't believe either, and it did not come to pass. For example, when you said that the Republicans were going to destroy the state and uh, when they won control of the legislature, they won supermajorities, they started enacting all sorts of legislation, they started doing tax reforms, and you guys said, you specifically, Governor, said that it was going to ruin the state. Economic ruin. Devastation. Nobody would want to do business here. Businesses would flee. People would flee. It'd be terrible. And the exact opposite happened. All of your budget predictions were garbage. We ran surpluses while we cut taxes, right? That's what, that's what we have witnessed in this state. And your predictions of devastation did not come to pass. So why would I believe you now? Why, would, why should anybody believe you unless there's motivated reasoning here? Here's what's happening in the next few weeks. Their private school voucher scheme will pour your tax money into private schools that are unaccountable to the public and can decide which students they want to keep out. They want to expand private school vouchers so that anyone, even a millionaire, can get taxpayer money for their children's private academy tuition. Hey, how much money do you think a millionaire pays in taxes? What do you think? Want to take a stab at that? What, yeah, let's say you make a million dollars a year. You make a million dollars a year in North Carolina. You're a millionaire after all. You're making a million a year. You know what the income tax rate is for, yeah, in the state? It's like, but just for math purposes, I'm going to say 5%. That 5% of $1 million, guess what? That pays for your voucher and then some. And so he's mad that the millionaire is going to get $3,000. That's what he, this is what he's framing this as because the millionaire, because they make a million dollars, they don't get the full value of the voucher at seven K. No, no, they get half of it. So they don't even get the full, the full amount. And then what happens to the rest of the $3,500 that just goes into the, yeah, that just goes to K-12 schools. So they're still subsidizing the schools, even though the kid's not there. And Cooper is only interested in looking at the $3,500 that the millionaire gets to use towards tuition at a private academy. That's all he cares about. Not the fact that the millionaire is funding for all these other kids to go to school. He doesn't see that. I don't understand that. But um, <laughs> anyway, my, 
my comment was only that I, I don't know why people can't understand that all the infrastructure that the public school system has to do. I mean, I, I live in South Carolina in Fort Mill. When we moved here in 2004, there was one high school. Well, there's had to be two more high schools built mm-hmm. in the past 20 years and paying for that infrastructure that the money could be used. And you would actually have smaller uh, student bodies. You would have smaller class sizes. They could actually have fewer teachers and pay them a, a much higher salary and try to get the best. Ah, I can't think straight. You're and giving me too many others, of these. And all those others, all the other private schools have to have teachers, and a lot of them are probably going to go for those that were certified to teach in public schools because they'll need a job somewhere. And they're still getting some money from the taxpayer. We don't get all the all of it back. You know, if it costs nine thousand dollars per child and we're getting and they're still getting two thousand dollars and we're not there, then so be it. No, no, Paul. We gotta have we gotta have a high school with, you know, a thousand students. It's gotta have, you know, four football fields. It's got to have a dozen baseball fields. It's got to have every single sport known to man and woman and transgender. And uh, you've got to provide everything to everybody at a cost of, you know, $150 million per high school. That's the only way that this can be done. There is no other model that's available. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just kidding. I can tell you're being facetious. I am. Yes, sir. I've got to go, but I'll let you speak on it further. But I just wanted to make... Yeah, I appreciate it, Paul. Yes, so I was absolutely being sarcastic. This is what Paul just outlined is a series of responses to changing conditions, right? And it is one of the things that you will encounter when having these discussions with government school model defenders. They cannot think of another kind of model. Even when you give them examples that are pretty similar, for example, um, college. Pretty similar example to a a voucherized kind of a system, right? You have some government money. You have some private money. You have options. You have different schools. They have different reputations. They focus on different things. But even then, when you you bring up these things, they they, they will usually just shift to a different argument because what they are interested in doing is protecting the system because either they derive some value personally some interest from that system, whether they are an employee or they have pension benefits or whatever, like, or they just want to virtue signal that they care about kids more than you do, right? That's a big part of it too. But the other is that, again, they can't leave you alone. They just cannot abide you making a decision that they disagree with. And they recognize, they've known this for a very, very long time, which is that the schools transmit the society's values to the next generation and they are demanding that you shut up and let them continue to do so because they believe that the values they're instilling in your kids are superior that's why you don't want that's why they don't want you to have the ability to opt out they can dress it up in all these different arguments but it always boils down to the same thing is that they don't want you to leave right they don't want i mean they can leave Like Roy Cooper, he sent his daughter to a private school. They can leave. They can go to a different neighborhood and get assigned to a good, quote-unquote, neighborhood school. They can get out, but they want to make sure all of you people 
can't. That's the key. Up next, we're going to talk to Marcus Brandon, former state lawmaker, school choice advocate. All right, hey, real quick. It is estimated that more than 6 million Americans have Alzheimer's. It affected my family. My grandpa had it. New research and treatments are showing promise, but there's still a long way to go. So can you help me by supporting the Alzheimer's Association's Western Carolina chapter? The Family Dance Party Charlotte's on June 10th from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock. It's at the Roxbury Nightclub in Uptown Charlotte. Go to Mix1079.com and get tickets and come bust a move on the dance floor or donate tickets to a family that's battling the disease. The Family Dance Party is presented by Jameson Realty. Again, if you can help us out, I appreciate it. Go to Mix1079.com and thank you for considering the request.